Hello everybody and welcome back to Best Boys Deep Dive, our passion project, both literally and figuratively, back for season two. Hooray! I'm your host, Jesse. And I'm the other one for today, Leo. Yeah. And uh, we've been here a year. We just recorded another episode and we were talking about how it's been a year since we recorded our first proper episode. Um, yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, best boys. We didn't really, like, properly celebrate it, but figure it's worth mentioning. It's pretty cool. Oh, is it my turn to talk? I guess, yeah. Like, I figured you were um, yeah. gonna take over from there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, I, uh, have a topic lined up for this week. Uh, we are all locked in our houses. Uh, Unfortunate. It um, is true. Mm-hmm. And it is... We talk more in depth in um, our most recent episode of Best Boys, but we are going to probably, like, not get too into that, right? Yeah, we're not going to talk too much about it, um, but, you know, uh, we've all been trying to find ways to entertain ourselves, and the way I've been doing that is uh, by using an emulator, uh, which, if you don't know, uh, it's an application that lets you sort of uh, replicate... Uh, video game consoles and the like on your uh, computer. They're uh, very cool. The concept of an emulator is like top notch. It's super cool. And I want to clarify and specify that you are supposed to legally acquire a video game's ROMs from the video game itself and not from a third party website because those are illegal and you shouldn't do that. And if you do do that, you should go to jail. And I, I have been a, a good girl and not done that. Wink. <laughs> Very heavy. You should not go to winking. A, you should not go to a website uh, to download ROMs for video games. Wink. Wink. And if you do go to a website, don't go to download ROMs.io because that will not give you the files you want sometimes. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. And you don't want to go to uh, uh, romsmania.cc because that website will download a .exe file, which is not what you want. You want a, uh, a disk image file. Uh, and if you try to install the .exe, it will give you a virus. Uh, uh, so, thanks for the warning, someone who has not done this before. I haven't done it before. Don't, don't even... Don't even... I'm just you know, talking in hypotheticals. You don't want to do that. Uh, you don't want to go to a different website uh, that if you... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say the name of a website that you'd be want to go to. But it just just peruse different websites uh, that seem safe. Legal. Legal. Quote. If you, quote. Yeah, if, if, if you're going to do this, which you absolutely should not, you should just go downstairs and get video games from your proper video game console that you purchased through a reputable source that are directly from the manufacturer. Anyway. Speaking of wink. crimes. Yes, speaking of crimes. <laughs> speaking of crimes. Um, so let's um, actually, Jesse, introduce what you're going to be talking about. So it's very tangentially related. It's very my, tangentially related. My uh, next little, my fun little segment. <laughs> so I uh, have been playing video games from my childhood, which is largely uh, GameCube and Wii games, uh, and largely video games based on uh, TV shows and movies that I watched as a kid. 
uh, so lots of Spongebob games and Fairly Odd Parents Breaking the Rules is one of them, <laughs> which is really not good. Uh, yeah, you went off about that game. That was very funny. Yeah, it's it's no good. Um, but the, <laughs> the game we're talking about today uh, is Scooby-Doo Night of a Hundred Frights, Fuck released, yeah. released in 2002 for the PlayStation 2, GameCube, and Xbox. Our best boys deep dive should just be retitled best boys deep dive half of it's just scooby-doo <laughs> it really is a lot of we've Scooby-Doo. done three fucking scooby-doo episodes out of like eight eight yeah and also like... i am i am sorry to everyone that if you're listening back through older episodes archivally uh this will be the second scooby-doo episode in a row <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> because our last episode I, um, was uh, uh, Cool School. It was Cool School, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, not Oops. canonically, but archivally speaking, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Secret Lost episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, we are... <laughs> I, and actually, I apologize as well for actually like never having topics. Like It is mostly Jesse presenting deep dives. But I'm alright with that, because you usually have a thing for Best Boys proper, and I usually don't. I usually don't. have more. I usually have more for Best Boys boys proper so like yeah, yeah. it's cool it's so whatever. i have more for deep dive so it all kind of levels out in a fun but way i'd like to have more stuff for deep dive because i too like things mm-hmm. and i <laughs> i too like things and want to talk about things and i want to have more things for best boys proper because i like working on things i'm just never in a position where i'm allowed to work on things <laughs> because my school is bad yeah and it sucks real bad what's your segment leo <laughs> tell us about okay it. so um at the time of recording this it will have been three days since Super Weed Day, um, 420, April 2020. Um, and hey, 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 nice. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, <laughs> the best fucking number. Um, happy birthday, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I hope everyone birth- left out milk and cookies for you. Happy birthday, every stoner on Earth. Um, uh, so... Uh, I don't have to explain myself to you guys, but it's legal, or not, not it's legal, it's decriminalized where I live, so <laughs> today's segment, um, and like pretty much everybody they fucking know sells weed, so I'm definitely exposed to it, um, so today's fun segment tying into, um, Scooby-Doo, because like, you know, the, the, the easy joke is like, you know, it was the 60s, Scooby and Shaggy are always hungry, like, you know, clearly they're stoners. And they're um, scared of ghosts because they're hallucinating it. Which is exactly what weed does to your brain. I would mm-hmm. know because I do so many weeds and they always make me hallucinate. Yeah, and you um, always see ghosts and monsters. and I definitely do because that's what weed does. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do drugs, kids. Uh, yeah, don't do drugs because it'll make you see ghosts, apparently. Stay in um, school. Unless school is bad for you. In which case, don't go to that school anymore. <laughs> I smoke weed and go to school. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> You're a powerhouse. I can't be killed. I don't um, do either. So what does that say about me? Oh my god, you also can't be killed, but like the opposite for some reason. <laughs> I'm very killable. <laughs> You're extremely killable. I'm fragile. I bruise like a grape. You can't. If you drop me, I'll just explode to a million pieces like an egg. <laughs> bruise like a summer peach. Um... <laughs> So my fun uh, segment is I'm going to give you, because weed strain names are fucking hilarious, and it's always very funny um, in, like, 
uh, dispensaries, they still use, like, the street names for, for these, like, different strains. So it's hilarious when you have, um, I have a friend that used to work at a dispensary, and it was very much like a, uh, it seemed like it wanted you to think it was very, like, medical, clinic-y. Like, it looked like a doctor's uh, office waiting room. Like, it was very, like, we are legitimate. Like, we are a legitimate business. So, when you're using the street names of, like, the, the, the different, like, strains and, like, hybridizations of, like, the plant, like, <laughs> it's very funny. And it's a very, like, interesting, like, cognitive dissonance between, like, these hilarious street names and, like, this very, like, formal, like, clean environment. Um, weed's great. Medicinal, like, cannabis products are life-saving and awesome. So, like, it's just funny that they still use silly names. So, my, my, my challenge to you, Jesse, as someone mm -hmm. who doesn't really smoke much, um, uh, I, I'm gonna give you, I have three rounds, um, and I'm gonna give you, uh, three different weed strain names, and you have to guess which one is fake. <laughs> Very good. And honestly, I don't know if you're going to have an easy or hard time with this. I'm really not sure. Yeah. Um, so, welcome to my weed strain guessing game. Pew, 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 pew. I'm so glad you have your own segment now. I'm so proud. Pew, pew, pew. I, I, I have my Transformer segment. I haven't busted that out yeah, in a while, but I do have that. You've done that a one time. Yes. This is my weed strain guessing game, and I could bust this out every now and then. Yeah, this could be fun. Yeah. Um, so, okay, <clears throat> round one. This one might be easiest, um, for reasons which I will divulge later, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Round one, I have OG Bubba Kush, <laughs> Gorilla Glue, uh -huh. and Magilla Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> so, which one do you think is fake? Okay, we're talking about Scooby-Doo today, and it would be very good if you made up a Hanna-Barbera character as a weed strain, like McGilla Gorilla. But also, it does genuinely sound like something that would be a pot strain. What was the first one? OG Bubba Kush. I'm gonna go... Hmm. The other two are Gorilla Groot. Gorilla Glue and uh, McGilla Gorilla, so I think one of them has to be the fake one because it's, uh, they're both gorilla themed. So I will say uh, I'm gonna go Gorilla Glue. You think Gorilla Glue is fake? Actually, no. I changed my mind. McGilla Gorilla. You're correct. McGilla Gorilla is fake. Ah. Um, OG Bubba Kush is what I am currently smoking. So, mm, nice. and that is, I feel like I've mentioned the name to you recently, so that's why I thought this round might be a little easier. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I've also maybe heard you say uh, Gorilla Glue is a weed strain. And I've. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think this is something that um, someone that I know was selling or like has been selling recently. So, yes, mm -hmm. I, uh, that is a real one as well that I have come in contact with. Pretty sure I've had it, but um, I don't think I've had it recently. Okay, good job. Miguel Gorilla was fake, and Yay. yes, that is a Hanna Barbera character. That was very um, good. I I, I bought actually, it for a second. It was very challenging doing this this segment, honestly, because like honestly, you're right. You really never know with these. I had to Google them to make sure that they were not already real weed strains when I made up like a bullshit name. Yeah. Um, 
and McGill Gorilla is not one. So if I was to ever like, I don't know, maybe grow something or crossbreed something, maybe I could name it that. It would have to be like a a, a child strain of Gorilla Glue and something else though, mm-hmm. naturally. Maybe like a purple Ooh. one because he's supposed to be purple. Anyway, I don't know anything about growing weed. Maybe um, there's like a strain that's named Top Cat. And they could, <laughs> maybe I, <laughs> maybe I'm they gonna... could combine the two. <laughs> I, uh, I, let's not go down that rabbit hole so I can have, like, a Hanna-Barbera character, like, for every, every time I do this segment. Oh, please, yes. Just have a Hanna-Barbera character. And I don't know. I have no idea if there are any Hanna-Barbera character weed strains. Well, there's, Um, Nobody tell me. I don't want to know. I know, I know there's Scooby Snacks. Yes, and there's, um... Well, no, this isn't really related, but there is, like, weed strains named after, like, different types of Girl Scout cookies, so, like, they're definitely named after, like, things. Like, they're (laughs) named after, like, IPs a lot. And there's Gorilla Um, Glue, which is, like, a brand of, like, glue. That's true, yeah. Um, okay. Round two. (laughs) Ding, ding. Uh, Ding, ding. I'm in a boxing match. You you win round one. Okay. Round two. This one, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Okay, round two. I have Pootie Tang, mm-hmm. Ho- Hoochie Mama, and Maui Wowie. Oh boy, all of, <laughs> all of these sound like uh, Euro dance songs from 1996, and they also all sound like Scooby Doo monsters. <laughs> And they also all sound like weed strains. Yeah, they do. Um, give, give them to me again. Okay, Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang. Hoochie Mama. Hoochie Mama. And Maui Wowie. And Maui Wowie. I think... Hmm. I've heard of Pootie Tang before. I think. So I'm pretty sure that one's real. Maui Wowie and Hoochie Mama. Hoochie Mama means something else. So I don't know if they would use that for like both a wheat strain and like uh I think it's a sex worker, I'm not for sure what a Hoochie Mama is. Uh I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Hoochie Mama, because Maui Wowie feels like a, a real wheat strain to me. Yeah, Hoochie Mama's fake. Yes. Pootie Tang, I have had, um, and Pootie Tang is, um, one of the ones that I have seen, like, sold at a dispensary. Um, my, my friend that, that worked there and, like, you know, is a medical card carrier and shit, um, had it at one point, and it was really funny seeing, like, the label on, like, the, the, because I was, like, hanging out with her, and, like, on the label it said, um, it looked like a real prescription label, label, and it still said Pootie Tang. It was hilarious because it was like this official, like you know, medical thing that my my friend got that is like a prescription, like literally. Yeah. Um, is Pootie spelled and it's still like, called Pootie Tang? Is Pootie spelled out like like Danny Pootie from Ducktales and Community, or is it spelled out like Pootie? It's P O O T Y Pootie Tang. Knew it. Well, okay. I, I was ho- I was really hoping it was gonna be Pootie. No, it is Pootie with a Y. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Pootie. 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 
Okay, so you you got two. That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, round three. Ding round ding. Three. Ding ding. I have Mind Eraser. Ooh. AK forty seven. And Atom Bomb. Oh jeez. All right. Steady on. Okay, so we got Mind Eraser. Sounds like a super villain. AK-47 is a gun, and then atom bomb is just a nuclear bomb. Um, kind of really could be any of these. <laughs> my 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 inclination is to say it's probably not. Um, what was it? Uh, uh, AK-47. But that doesn't feel like something you would make up. Um, I'm gonna go with Mind Eraser. You think Mind Eraser's fake? Yeah. Okay, you lost that one, unfortunately. Ah. Mind Eraser is real. I have had it, and I feel like it might have just been kind of a shitty batch, because it wasn't that great. It it didn't Um, erase your mind? It really didn't erase my mind. Mm. I think it was, like, fine. I remember it being, like, fine, and it, like, got me high, but it wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was kind of dry, so it just didn't work very well. Uh, um, AK-47 is real. I actually, um, uh, I actually just saw that when I was on Beefly looking up strains to, like, make sure that I didn't, um, uh, I didn't come up with one that was actually real. So I Adam saw Bomb that is one. the fake one. Adam Bomb is the fake one. Ah. I, I, I mean, Mind Eraser and AK-47 both sound real edgy, so I'm like, eh, okay, I'll do something along those lines, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, you only got two out of three, but that's still good. Like, yeah, that's, 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 that's passing in some states. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that concludes my weed strain guessing game. Yay. I'm, I'm so glad. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. Cool. So enlighten us about the game that is Scooby Doo Scoobert Doobert Newbert of a hundred fruberts. <laughs> Leo told me that one on the phone yesterday while we were planning out this episode and I lost my mind at Scoobert Doobert Newbert of a hundred fruberts. Because Here, it's it's especially the hundred fruberts. Hundred fruberts, because you can't say that without sounding like the Swedish chef. Hundred fruberts. Hundred fruberts. Hundred fruberts. So, uh, as I said, the game was released in 2002 for the PlayStation 2, the original Xbox, and the GameCube. I was playing it on a Dolphin emulator, uh, which is a GameCube <laughs> emulator, yeah. uh, which I've been using to play a lot of uh, My Sims Kingdom and also Scooby Doo Night of Hundred Fights. Oh yeah. How is how how has my Sims Kingdom been treating you lately? It's so cute. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> I'm glad basic, you've still been enjoying it. It's basically been my Animal Crossing through all this. Hey, yeah, it's like vintage Animal Crossing, but like maybe shadier? Question mark. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's for like little kids. Right. And it right. is like very apparent that it's for little kids, but it's very cute and sweet and fun. And it's, it's like, I think maybe a bit more creatively fulfilling, perhaps, because, like, you can, you know, every, you can build everyone's houses and whatnot. Uh, That's cool. You, you can't, 
like build your villagers' houses in Animal Crossing, but you can like choose where they're placed, which is like kind of nice. But it's not like super customizable. Hmm. It's it's very customizable in uh, My Sims Kingdom. Uh, that's neat. But that's not the game we're talking about today. The game we're talking about today is Scooby Doo Night of a Scooby Doo 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 Hundred Fruits. For those of you at home who don't speak our ridiculous language, Night of a Hundred Frights. Night of a Hundred Frights. Right. Uh, which was uh, it, it was developed by uh, Heavy Iron Studios. Of which you may know behind uh, such games as Spongebob Squarepants Battle for Bikini Bottom uh, and the Spongebob Squarepants movie video game. Uh, and I remember, I thought Battle for Bikini Bottom was like well-received, right? Like, it was, I thought that was a game that people liked. It was very well-received. Um, people really like it. I didn't grow up on that game. I grew up on uh, uh, the Spongebob movie game. Uh, which is also Was actually, that any good? It's pretty good. Uh, it was made in a much tighter uh, budget and window like deadline than uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom was and it's kind of apparent but like they do uh, the developers clearly do what they can with like the amount of time and money that they're given uh, to like make That's it a solid game. That's all you can game. really ask for I suppose. Yeah and they've also done a work on a couple of Pixar games like uh, Ratatouille, Up, and WALL-E I didn't know there was an Up video game I, hope, I wonder if that's any good. I hope there isn't, like, a quick time event to bury your wife or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. No. I, I, I doubt it. I doubt it, but it would be really funny <laughs> in a terrible way. Press X to bury your wife. <laughs> uh, and so... It's like the... It's the... It's the... It's the... It's the little Boy Scout character, and he's like... <laughs> Mr. Fredrickson, press X to mourn. <laughs> press X to grieve. <laughs> You're not working through the five stages. You need to tap the square button harder. <laughs> tap X to cope with trauma. <laughs> um, and I also want to... Uh, do a little... There's a cheat code. There's a cheat code so he gets over his wife dying and you don't have to play the rest of the game. It unlocks a therapist. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so I, I do want to uh, say, like, kind of why I uh, want to talk about this game and other video games like this, because we are going to, I think, talk about other video games in the future. Uh, I have a whole, like, little catalog downloaded of other movie and show tie-in games like this. Um, are you um, are you interested in doing a deep dive episode about the Madagascar video game? I would love to. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you were to like, you know, do a deep dive on that, that could be very cool because I've actually played that game. Like, I didn't get super far, but I did play it like a decent amount when I was younger. I I sucked. Like, I was just so bad at games. I never progressed very far in like any game that I played growing up. But like. Um, that is one that I, like, attempted, because I really liked Madagascar for some reason. I, like, really enjoyed that movie when I was a kid. The movie's really um, good. Um, yeah, I'd like memory. to watch it again. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'd like to see it again. I really like the, uh, the scene where they kind of parody, uh, what's it, um, uh, 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 Planet of the Apes, where they accidentally, like, knock over... Uh, Alex's tower to try and like signal uh, like people or whatever and he yells out dang you dang you 
dang you all to heck. Yeah. Like I a very watered-down, G-rated swearing that I really appreciate. They had the, like, Spalding reference, yeah. too, in reference to Wilson. Like, it was so good. What a strange movie. <laughs> like, what strange references. But yeah, if you were to talk about that on a deep dive, that could be very cool as well. For sure. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of, uh, you know, game reviewers and, you know, people of that sort kind of overlook games like this. Um, and, you know, because they're not... They're obviously not with, made with the same amount of polish as, say, like, you know, Super Mario Galaxy or, like, you know, uh, Final Fantasy 18 plus 12 or something. And I feel like on a more cynical note, like, they just feel like cash grabs. Like, they just feel like For a sure. way to, like, milk, like, the story of the, the movie that they just released. Like For sure. But, you know... I, I feel like you're you're kind of wanting to talk about this this video game in the in the sense of like the team that made it and like I think that's fair I think that's like a valid thing to want to do especially if you liked the game like yeah like there's um like obviously uh, THQ is the distributor for this game and like the publisher which is a a much more like kind of uh, looking back at video game history seems to be a much more sinister kind of figure in uh video game history and whatnot they're kind of the ea really? of their game uh are they really i i'm not familiar with them the name didn't sound very familiar to me thq is mainly known for distributing and owning the rights to pretty much every game based on a nickelodeon warner brothers uh and like a lot of other kids franchises that are you know based on movies and tv and stuff um so they were kind of like the, 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 they had a monopoly on like that type of game, I suppose. Uh, pretty much everything except Disney, of course. Um, although yeah, I think they naturally. did work with some Disney games also. Um, but they, they held a lot of properties and they, uh, were kind of a, a stingy company. They didn't, uh, pay their, uh, you know, public, uh, developers and whatnot that were underneath them as well as they should have. I'm not familiar entirely and with. Shitty. I'm not entirely familiar with the situation. All I know is that a lot of people really hate THQ, and also they went under a few years back. Uh, and I think they took a lot of smaller developers with them, which sucks. That sucks. I was gonna say like maybe it's good that they're like not around anymore, but that sucks that it wasn't just them that was affected by it. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, if you've ever played like a SpongeBob game or a Scooby Doo game or anything like that it was like 99 percent of them were distributed by uh thq i remember i played um nicktoons unite I yeah think. did you ever play that or do you I, know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about i didn't play that the only nicktoons game i ever played was uh um globs of doom which was uh. very not good i might talk about that someday Yikes, that doesn't sound that great. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I, I think games like this um, get overlooked, and for fair reason, because like you said, they are kind of a cash grab, but also, um, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of, I don't know about you, but I, I like to see Best Boys Deep Dive as, obviously it's a comedy show, and it's like entertainment values are important. Like first and foremost. Yeah, I feel like for the most part we try to be funny when we talk about this stuff and like be 
kind of self-aware in the way that we consume media and talk about it. For I sure. Suppose. And obviously, like, we're pretty critical of the stuff we like because, you know... Uh, you gotta be. You gotta I think be. you just have to be. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever we're talking about Disney stuff, we're like, you know, hey, this is cool, but also uh, bad corporation. There's a lot of shit wrong with Disney and everything. Every time I learn something new about the man himself, I, like, hate him. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, we are, um, like, fairly critical of the stuff we consume. And obviously, I, I think... I like to think of this show... I don't know about you, but I like to think uh, of this show in some part to be a sort of historical preservation. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's kind of fair. Um, I, I kind of feel that way about um, whenever I take pictures and video and footage and stuff when I'm at like bush gardens and stuff mm -hmm. um I feel like that can be in the future it can be used as archival footage because like you know whatever ride that I'm filming might not always be there yeah so um, I agree I I think that I think that's cool to like kind of take it upon yourself to want to preserve something and like talk about things that's that's kind of why I like to um mention like what is inspiring me at the time and like kind of plug it or like mention it and be like check it out like you know I, you know, I'm not an influencer, but, like, maybe if I can help somebody find something cool, then that's neat. Yeah. Um, um, and taking it upon yourself for that kind of responsibility, I think, is, like, kind of cool. And I think, like, um, as someone who uh, does a lot of, like, info diving into, you know, pop culture and stuff, uh, like, our popular media, you know, movie, TV, uh, you know, uh, books, video games, whatever, are all very expendable mediums. Um, and that's because, like, you know, there's supposed to be, like, a new, better version, like, in five, ten years, you know? Like, yeah, and if it's you, kind of unfortunate. You know, if you like this there's... show that only got released on VHS, it might not, it might get a DVD release, but it also might not. And if it doesn't, then you better hold on to that VHS tape and a VCR player, otherwise you're never going to see that show again unless someone rips yeah. it onto YouTube and then gets copyright struck by some company I that's think... never going to release it again. A lot of Mystery I Science think... Theater episodes are just, like, gone because yeah. the rights aren't there. So you can only get them through trading, like, videotapes or uploading them on YouTube or something. God, that sucks. And there's lots of shows that, like, you know, and, and people think, like, oh, well, you know, there's streaming services and, you know websites that have you know uh you know you can buy say ed and eddie or something on itunes or whatever you can watch episodes whenever on the go yeah but that's not always going to be there netflix will eventually like implode in on itself and some of those shows aren't going to be there anymore even their original stuff some of the original stuff is disappearing off of netflix honestly that is why there's kind of a discussion on why piracy is like a good thing because it's it, it it makes media accessible to everyone it makes it more easy to keep a record and like keep copies of like important cultural things like tv shows or movies or whatever um there's uh, a lot of talk about how not being able to physically own the stuff that you own is like a problem because it means that like you know amazon or whoever can just take that away from you whenever like say your account is suspended like you don't have access to the movies that you bought even though they like technically are yours and, and like there's a there's a lot of conversation about like ownership and like digital ownership of products and like 
I don't know. There, there's a lot to be said about that. Like in an age where there is streaming services and shit, but like you're right, it will not always be there. And like mm-hmm. we don't know why. We don't know why. Like maybe it's because everything will be a lot more accessible anyway, so we won't need it. Maybe it's a good thing, but like we don't know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and there are like there's uh, uh, piracy is used to make things more accessible to the masses and also make things more easily preserved by the masses. Or even things like say talk shows like david letterman or you know week or daily news shows like uh the colbert report or uh, uh the daily show those you know they have like segments uploaded on youtube sometimes but they're not there forever and yeah. you know they don't get dvd releases except for maybe some highlight reels of some like best jokes or whatever but like you're not gonna you know be able to get the complete set of every episode of like the colbert report because there's no there's no point to it it's just the news of that day from like 20 yeah. years ago who cares but like that's still a part of like the culture uh you know at large of like that era and i think that's important to like you know preserve and video games are a huge part of that culture and you know some video games like you know your marios and uh you know final fantasies and kingdom hearts and sonics and whatever are going to be preserved because you know people it's it leaves a really big cultural impact uh but say like a scooby-doo video game there's other scooby-doo properties there's you know cartoons and movies like the video games are going to be forgotten eventually um and i feel like that's i want to do what i can to help like keep that from happening because regardless of like say the qualities of the game itself it is still a part of our culture and it is still a part of you know uh you know the on a more personal level it's a part of your childhood it's a part of my childhood a ton and, of it like and going, it's something even if it's not it's, even if it's not like quote that important to the culture at large which like whatever it's important to you like and if you want a record of that and like you know i'm sure it's, it's important to other people as well so like it's important to have a record of that yeah and like um i've uh seen a lot of uh you know, I've, I've gone back to look at, like, YouTube videos of people playing this game and stuff to get, like, a feel for it. And I've seen a lot of comments that were like, whoa, I used to play this game with my dad when I was in third grade. And now I'm a sophomore in college and my dad's been, you know, passed away a few years ago. Man, it's how time goes by. And I'm like, oh, man, that's really nice. That so, like, you know, you have this connection to this game and, you know, whatever. And it means a lot to you. And that's awesome. And, like, it's important. Um, yeah, that's, that's like, proof that it means something to other people. For like, sure. it's crazy. Like, just because it's, like, you know... Obviously... Like, unfortunate that his dad passed away, but, like, that is also, like, pretty sweet. Like, you're right, he does have this, like, random connection to this game. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to be dismissive when I talk about this game. Um, then, like, it is important to the culture. Um, and I, I think it is easy to be dismissive to a game like this, because it is, a you know, a cynical kind of cash grab that was made by a kind of shitty company corporation that wanted to you know make a few bucks off of you know Hanna-Barbera's property there yeah um, while underpaying their employees while, apparently while underpaying their employees um and whatnot but and but at the end of the day the game isn't that great I'm sorry <laughs> it's not that great <laughs> it's not that great <laughs> Uh. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm gonna be like I'm, I don't want to be dismissive because I don't want to be a, a, a Doug Walker or whatever that's like or a CinemaSense or whatever the fuck that's like all, all art is bad video games are art for starters 
Yeah, for sure. And also, like, there's an entire fucking process. Like, it is hard to make those fucking games. Mm-hmm. Like, I think more people need to realize that. Exactly. Like, it's not as easy as just, like, pushing some buttons and making some characters go wee, you know? Yeah, um, like, if you really think that video games are, like, easy and, like, are, like, that demanding when it comes to the team, like, you fundamentally just don't know how it works. And, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> But I, I don't, like, really trust your opinion, honestly. So, this game, I want to, you know... Uh, so, I, I think you asked me yesterday when I said I'm, I want to do Night of 100 Frights, which is a video game. Uh, and I think you asked me, so how are you going to do that? Because we've never done a video game on this show before. We've only done, like, movies and, uh, you know, production histories of movies and stuff. But we never talked about a video game. Um, and the way I've decided to go about it is to, uh, just go through the story as I would a movie, but interspersed with discussions of, like, gameplay and what, what is the game like, you know, what is, what is the just general meat and potatoes of, like, playing the thing, and is it good at being a thing that is played? Um... Which apparently, maybe not. <laughs> well, parts of it. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. So, the game opens with a, a shot-for-shot recreation of the themes of the show's original theme song. Um, with like you know, pretty cool. With uh, you know, the CG graphics and whatnot. Um, and look, I I know this game is from two thousand and two. I know it was a budget title for a console that wasn't made for very high-end graphics and i know that high-end graphics weren't really a thing that was feasible for a video game in 2002 especially on like the playstation 2 and original xbox and gamecube and whatever this game doesn't look that great (laughs) yeah that don knots model that you showed me a picture of was pretty rough yeah they're um the some of the characters translate well to a 3d environment i think scooby i think is is the best adapted but then you have like shaggy and shaggy looks rough (laughs) yeah his shoulders are very strange like from 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 what you've shown me like yeah i've the way that his arms like connect to his body are like I've taken some screenshots. I think screenshots. less than successful. I've taken some screenshots from a YouTube compilation of the uh, of cutscenes, and I just sent you a a screenshot there. Um, and it's, I mean, for starters, in this picture that I'm uh, showing Leo, Fred's hands—they're in the mystery machine. Fred's hands are not quite touching the wheel of the mystery machine as he's driving it. It's really not terrible in the adaptation of the characters, like, stylistically, but, like, they do look kind of funky. They look... It it looks... It looks cheap. And, you know, when you look at something like, uh... You know... I don't know. VeggieTales came out in 1993, and that was made by, like, four guys in, like, <laughs> a, a really warm, like, apartment or whatever. Like versus this which was presumably made by like you know a, a huge dev team and whatever or at the very least like a maybe not huge but, but like, like a, a team of people reasonably sized uh dev team um and it just 
and, and again, I know that the, the the graphics weren't quite there at the time, but woof. Uh, so the story opens proper with the gang. Oh, I hear the little. I'm sorry. I hear the little man. You're fine. I'm sorry. My little man is meowing. You're fine. Dad, I'm in here. Um, Come record a podcast with me. He has something to say about Scooby Doo Night of a Hundred Frights. I want to hear it. Um, so the game opens proper with uh, a cutscene introducing us to the story, which is uh, Mystery Inc. The gang. Uh, going to meet Daphne's friend Holly, uh, whose uncle is uh, a famous inventor, uh, and he's gone missing in uh, his haunted mansion uh, in Mystery Inc. have to investigate, and then all of them uh, mysteriously vanish, which leaves you with the player in control of Scooby-Doo himself. Oh, okay. Which is every Scooby- That's not bad. Every Scooby-Doo game- you play Scooby-Doo, which makes sense, like, conceptually, as, like, yeah, sure, you play as, like, the mascot of the series, and, like, the titular character. Sure, it makes sense. But when you think about it as, like, there's four main human characters, and you play as their dog. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have to, like, it's sort of like, I, I once heard someone talking about, like, Garfield in uh, movies and TV shows having to have, like, you know, an arc and whatever and have to like you know garfield we have to save the universe and he has to just be like john i'm a cat like yeah. <laughs> john i'm hungry like, I'm take a nap. <laughs> we have to we have to stop the evil emperor and garfield's just like i want lasagna it's a monday i'm i'm not I'm not doing that like it doesn't work, and I feel like kind of the same thing with Scooby Doo. Like Scooby Doo is John, an I'm a cat. <laughs> Scooby Doo is an an action hero, and obviously like none of them are action heroes. Um, but like I don't I don't think it. It's weird having Scooby Doo be sort of like the oh yeah you have to jump and hit the circle button to beat up this enemy, is like strange. Yeah, Scooby Doo has to fucking punch a dude in the throat. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it'd be cool if you got to, like, choose who you played as. Like, you get to be Velma and do these types of quests, or you play as Daphne and you do this type of shit, or whatever. And it gives it, like, replay value. It's kind of like, it would be neat if it was kind of like a Sonic Adventure sort of thing, where you play as the different characters. See, that's a a really interesting idea. A neat little playthrough. They kind of touch on that in one video game, like, I think for the Wii in 2009. I think it was made to tie into the live-action prequel movie on Cartoon Network. Um, but I remember playing out kind of like a Lego game where some characters have like certain abilities that you need to access certain areas. Like, oh, well, Fred has a yo-yo, which makes it so you can use yo-yo switches or whatever. Or Shaggy has like a run move that he can use to do this or whatever. Like, which makes it like, yeah, like you said, more replayable, but also like it you know, in a way, it makes it more replayable, but also it makes it less replayable because it's like I guess yeah, s- depending on like the different abilities that the characters have. Kind of sounds like the Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze for the Switch. Hmm. Each of the characters has like different abilities and shit that make the gameplay different. And then there's a uh, funky mode, which is just oh, easier. Yeah. Like you just you just get all of the uh, the abilities. It's great. I like playing in funky mode. Yeah, or um, the Mario games like. Luigi is 
like, can jump higher than Mario, but he's, like, kind of slippery. So, like, he kind of, like, slides a little bit, you know, when he moves. Really? Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't actually know that the play style between Mario and Luigi was different. I feel not like in I the original that before, game. but it didn't, like, stick in my mind. Not in the original game, but I think starting with, like, Mario 2 and, like, the new Super Mario Brothers games, I think they changed that around so, like, he could jump higher. Uh, but, like, he slides a little bit to compensate. And I think Peach can, like, glide, so she has that going for her, but she can't jump as high, I think, I want to say. I don't remember all the okay. different playstyles, but it's something like that. So, uh, you play Scooby, and at this point in the game, you don't have a whole lot going for you as Scooby. Uh, you can do a... Does he have, like, shitty abilities? Kinda. You can You can jump... You can do a, you can run, um, by holding down like the uh, the R button. Um, you can yeah you can jump pressing the A button. Uh, you can do like a different kind of run by pressing the B button, but it doesn't do anything at the moment. Uh, it's kind of just at like, the moment. Well, it's it's sort of a placeholder. For later, you unlock an ability to do, like, a headbutt move, but at this point, the the headbutt is useless. So it's just a, a more different run with a sound effect attached. Oh, that's fun, but not really. Yeah, um, so, uh, so, uh, the player can walk into the, uh, playground tutorial stage, uh, behind you. Uh, when you start off, so you can uh, stretch your legs and get used to your, you know, abilities and whatever. Uh, with the sort of pseudo tutorial guide, uh, in the form of the mansion's spooky groundskeeper, Don Knotts. Yes. Yes. The the grounds the spooky groundskeeper is voiced by, and has the uh, physical uh, appearance modeled after character actor from the 70s and 60s, uh, Don Knotts. Donald Knotts. Which, if you're not a fan of, like, the Scooby-Doo franchise and also the Andy Griffith show, you'll be like, what? Why is he here? That makes no Who sense. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? He appeared in, like, two episodes, I think, of the new Scooby-Doo movies. But, like, he was mostly known as the other sheriff from uh or not the sheriff but like maybe the deputy i think from uh the andy griffith show yeah i never really watched the andy griffith show so i'm not entirely certain on his role yeah he's just like the dumb cop who's like plays the goofy character to andy griffith as the straight man sort of i uh i liked uh don knotts when i watched him in um herbie oh he was in herbie okay yeah, I was familiar with Mr. Donald. And honestly, like, I just watched, like, old shit at my grandparents' house, and he was just in it. It might have been the Andy Griffith show, now that I think about it, but, like, I, I was just, like, familiar with him as an actor anyway. Yeah, he's just kind of an omnipresent, like, fixture of, like, old, uh, old TV shows and movies and stuff. Um, yeah, kinda. Also, apologies, I, I don't know how well the sound is, uh, but... Uh, if this is picking up, but it's uh, pouring outside at the moment. I feel like I can kind of hear something in the background. So, uh, but like I can't really hear anything that bad. All right, maybe in editing. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, 
I'm sure you could, like, sound dampen or whatever. Maybe. If not, it'll just add to some spooky atmosphere as we talk about Scooby-Doo. Cool, um, yeah. As we talk about the spooky groundskeeper. Um, you know, I feel like I might have played this game, but, like, I didn't get that far because I sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so certain parts of the game are progression-locked. Uh, so, like, some sections you need, like, certain upgrades and power-ups to get through. At some places you can only get through if you have if you collect like a certain amount of scooby snacks which are sort of like the in-game currency they're sort of like the coins from mario or the rings from sonic cool okay but that makes sense but like so to get into the first level in uh the mansion proper you need to collect the uh, the 50 scooby snacks i think i think it's 50 in uh the playground uh tutorial stage um to progress into further levels later on in the game, you'll have to collect 100, 200, 300, and eventually 850 Scooby Snacks over the course of the game. So you have to hoard these things like a dragon in order to make it to the end of the game, or else you'll have to backtrack and be like, ugh, I'm, at, I'm almost about to beat the final boss, but I have to go back and get more Scooby Snacks from this previous level. That sounds really annoying. There's a lot of backtracking in it. It becomes very frustrating after a while. Um, but upon entering the mansion, uh, Holly Holly shows up and tells Scooby uh, that uh, the, the, the gang has been kidnapped, along with her uncle, the famous inventor, uh, by the ghostly villain, the Mastermind. Ooh. Uh, and, That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, as you progress further into the mansion, you start to realize that some of these monsters are actually monsters that Scooby and the gang have faced before. Um, they did that in the live-action movie. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did that two years later, actually, in Scooby-Doo uh, Monsters Unleashed. Oh, the movie came after. Yeah, That's cool. so the movie stole the idea, <laughs> I guess. Shit, all right. From uh, Night of a Hundred Frights. I don't think so. It was probably just like, eh, we need fan service. Sure, why not? Um, so, but now that we have all the characters at least somewhat introduced, or at least the idea of them introduced, let's go through the cast. Um, Fred shows up in this game, which we haven't talked about Fred, Daphne, or Velma yet in any of these Scooby-Doo yeah. videos or episodes. Uh, They're great. Fred is voiced by Frank Welker, who has always voiced Fred ever since uh, 1969. Uh, nice. Which was when the nice. series was first released. So he's always been the voice of Fred. Um, I love Frank. The only times where he wasn't voiced by uh, Frank Welker was in A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, where he was voiced by uh, the late child actor Carl Steven. And the, uh, oh no, I didn't know he was the late child voice actor. Yeah, um not a super happy story it's you know child actors that sucks yeah i think like child actors have been uh getting treated a lot better as of late in the last like 10 or so years which is very good god i fucking hope so because like i don't know it seems like the kids in say like stranger things they haven't had like horrible they haven't turned out to be like horrible monsters yet or anything yeah, they haven't had, like, nervous breakdowns. Which is... Um, which is Keep good. a fucking eye on Millie Bobby Brown. Jesus Christ. Keep her away from Drake. Uh, God, fuck. <sighs> yes, keep her away from Drake. <laughs> this 30-year-old man should not be in the 
DMs of a 15 year old girl talking about like boys or whatever. Boys, yeah, it's God, so that's weird. absolutely ridiculous. Like, dude, uh, arrest this man. Frank Welker uh, is also not voicing Fred in the upcoming movie Scoob, with an explanation more point. Scoob! Uh, because he's being voiced by Zac Efron for some reason, even though Frank Welker is in the movie as Scooby. Um, he's right there. He's right there. Also, uh, in the in the game's end credits, uh, Frank Walker is credited as Fred Walker. That's what you get for voicing this character for 50 plus years. You get credited by the wrong name entirely. Whoa. <laughs> it sucks. Like, this poor guy's been voicing Fred for over 50 years and this is how he gets treated he doesn't even get credited with his they get the first name from his character but not from him and you get a letter off of your last name that's so fucking disappointing he deserves so much better he deserves so much better because like he's amazing as fred i uh he's so good he makes fred who he is i watched a video last night that uh, did a side-by-side -side comparison of uh, scenes from uh, an episode of the original Scooby-Doo and an episode of Supernatural where they entered that episode of Scooby-Doo and Frank Welker had to deliver the same voice line in the same cadence as Frank Welker did in 1969. And it's... Wow. And it's dead on. Like, the sound overlaps nice. and it's like... It's so weird. It's like, you've been doing this for literally 50 years, and you sound exactly the same. That's incredible. You still sound like a yuppie teenager who's going to go solve he a mystery. He is a yuppie fucking teenager. That is like, Frank, I, I, don't, I don't know how old Frank Welker is, but he's definitely not a yuppie teenager, but he definitely still sounds he's, like one. He's like 70 if he's a day, like, and he's still doing Fred. Like, he's incredible. I love Frank Welker so much. Also, if you've ever uh, seen uh, like a Transformers movie, he's the voice of uh, Galvatron and Megatron uh, and lots of other stuff. Uh, yeah, he was the, the original voice of Megatron, and while he hasn't really necessarily held on to that role forever, because mm -hmm. there's definitely been other incarnations of Megatron, um, David Kay was um, Optimus, I don't think. Maybe he was. I think uh, the thing appeared. He he had the the guy that voiced him in um, Beast Wars did a fantastic job. Beast Wars Megatron is like one of my fucking favorites. He's very expressive and funny. Um, he's the one that goes yes. He's the one. <laughs> he's very dramatic. He cool. he he's the purple dinosaur that should be wearing a feather boa. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Also, uh, Maximals. And if you don't know, uh. Frank Welker is also really known for doing creature sound effects. Uh, you might have heard him in The Lion King doing all of the lion roars. Every lion. <laughs> uh, he's incredible. He's such a talent. Um, and, he's, and he's credited Truly as Fred treasure. Walker. Which uh, <laughs> sucks so bad. Yeah, God, poor man. Uh, Daphne is voiced by Grey Griffin, uh, who started voicing her the previous year in Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. Uh... Griffin also voices Holly, uh, and the two characters use the same character model, just with different colors. Unsurprising. Which, I'll send you a picture, because they're literally, like, the exact same model, just with 
uh, different hair and skin and clothes colors. It's really funny. <laughs> the eyes are different, but, like, the shape of the hair is exactly the same. Ooh, yeah. And, like, the... Very interesting. The shape of their face are, are like, a one-to-one -one ratio. <laughs> the eyes definitely help, I think. Yeah, the eyes help sell the difference and the different color of hair. But, like, it is the same character model, just with slight cosmetic differences. <laughs> Which is very funny. Um, Grey Griffin has, uh, been voicing Daphne since. Uh, she's yeah, still voicing she her Yeah, she does today. a great job. Uh, Velma... She's also Azula, and she did a fantastic job. She is, yeah. role as well. Um, she's also, uh, Sam from Danny Phantom, Vicky from Fairly Odd Parents. um... She's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, um, fuck. Frankie from Foster's, oh, I think? Oh, yeah, she is. She's great. I think she's also Madame Foster from Foster's. Maybe, yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's great. Uh, Velma easily has the most inconsistent voice in the entire franchise. She's been voiced by a lot of different uh, voice actors over the years. Uh, uh, this is uh, the final role... Uh, uh, of B.J. Ward voicing Velma. Uh, she didn't pass away or anything. She's fine. She's still voice acting today. She just isn't uh, voicing Velma anymore. Uh, she got swapped out for Mindy Cohn uh, later that same year, uh, who started voicing her in What's New Scooby-Doo and uh, continued voicing her through uh, Mystery Incorporated. Uh, and now she's being voiced by Kate Micucci from, uh, Steven Universe and, uh, DuckTales. Yay! Love her. Yeah. Webby. Webby and Sadie. Um. And Sadie. And Shaggy and Scooby are both voiced by Scott Inez. Uh, Scott, uh, started voicing Scooby in 1998 with Zombie Island and, uh, started voicing Shaggy the following year with, uh, Witch's Ghost. Uh, Casey Kasem returned to the role of Shaggy uh, later that year in 2002, uh, because they reinstated Shaggy being a vegetarian. Hell yeah. Which was one of the main reasons that, uh, which was one of the reasons that he quit being Shaggy was because they made him not a vegetarian in, uh, Zombie Island, which is very strange. Just, it's just a consistent part of his character. Just keep it that way. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. Especially if the voice actor, like, cares about it so much. Like, just leave it. Yeah, it's... Just leave it alone. It's all right. Uh, and Frank Walker started voicing Scooby the same year. So he's now the voice of Scooby and Fred. Um, uh, Professor Alexander Graham, who is the famous inventor uncle, uh, and obviously named after Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone. Uh, Mr. Telephone himself. Is voiced by Tim Conway, who is uh, known to our generation as the voice of Barnacle Boy from Spongebob. Nice! Uh... The Mastermind uh, is voiced by uh, avid Scooby-Doo fan Tim Curry uh, in what was his second role in the franchise, his first being uh, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Yeah, we watched that recently, and I was like, fuck yeah, that is Tim Curry, I forgot. He was going to play the human villain shell for Scrappy-Doo in uh, this live-action Scooby-Doo movie. But when he found out Scrappy-Doo was going to be in the movie, he he declined. He was like, I'm not doing that. I hate Scrappy. Yeah, no, I think I remember hearing about that. That's hilarious. And so they had to swap him out with uh, Rowan Atkinson. So that's why Mr. Bean 
is in the Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> what an odd origin story. Yeah. Um, and uh, last but most certainly not least, as you mentioned, uh, the, grounds, the spooky groundskeeper is voiced by and based on the likeness of Don Knotts. Hell yeah. So, Mr. Don. Throughout the game, you collect uh, some of Professor Alexander Graham's uh, inventions, which he uses uh, power-ups to progress through different parts of the game. Uh, the groundskeeper gives you uh, the shuffle invention, which is just a the shovel. shovel invention. It's just a shovel. Um, I think it's pretty funny. I think the joke is that he invents things that already were invented, which I swear is a joke I've heard somewhere else before. Um, makes me think of Chekhov from Star Trek saying that everything was invented in Russia. Huh. I don't know anything about Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> uh, which uh, allows you to dig in certain spots, which is weird because he's a dog. He should be able to dig in certain spots anyway. Um, but also whenever you walk over one of those spots that you can dig in scooby says bury treasure in that voice bury treasure bury treasure that's my scooby voice it's not very good um, uh, yoda <laughs> uh you also uh can collect a couple of springs which lets you double jump the problem is that every time you jump or double jump you hear a boing noise so every time you jump you have to hear boing 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 and it becomes very grating. Uh, the sound quality of the game is uh, leaves something to be desired. Less than stellar. Uh, there's also the football helmet, which lets you uh, do the headbutt move on larger enemies. Uh, and a lampshade and bunny slippers, which lets you sneak past uh, sleeping enemies who are maybe hiding <laughs> in an urn or in like a, a hedge. Like, waiting to jump out, if you sneak past them with the bunny slippers and lampshade, they won't, like, they won't notice you and jump out at you. That's pretty cute. These are, like, kind of creative. They're kind of creative. Um, uh, you get some by uh, defeating the bosses later on, which we'll get to in a bit. Smaller enemies, like rats, crabs, and bats, can be killed by simply jumping on them like Super Mario. Uh, but larger enemies that are based on classic Scooby-Doo villains uh, can only be defeated by a helmet, by like the headbutt with the helmet on, or a ground stomp, which you also unlock later as another invention. But I think, I think the invention for that is just like a, it's just a, like a lightning cloud. So it doesn't like it. It doesn't have like a real physical like. I don't know, a uh, cannon. Uh, reason for its existence. There's like a, a <laughs> weird justification for like a shovel or whatever. Uh, but it's just there. It's just yeah. It's just a ground stomp move that you're you're given. Uh, but these larger enemies, uh, these include the likes of uh, the uh, the ghost diver Captain Cutler. Nice. Uh, classic episode. Love that one. Yeah. Uh, Charlie the Funland Robot. Uh, the caveman, I put in parentheses, he's the sheriff. He's the sheriff! <laughs> uh, look that up if you don't know it. Uh, the sea monster from, uh, the Scooby-Doo show's episode, The Creepy Heap from the Deep. Uh, <laughs> the 
racist the creepy heeper from the deeper the racist ghost of geronimo which is the yeah dog napping native american episode uh the witch and the zombie uh from the episode which which is which uh the spooky space kook uh which i think i don't know for sure i couldn't find any confirmation of this but i think they use archival audio of don messick uh doing the laugh for the spooky space kook uh Oh, that's cool. Which is cool. I think they're also doing that in uh, Scoob, which is nice. Um, uh, the Headless Spectre, the Creeper, the Tar Monster, uh, the also racist Witch Doctor from uh, the Hawaii episode. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Ghost of Captain Moody, which is from the episode uh, with Don Knotts. The Gargoyle. Uh, the Scarecrow, these are some lesser-known villains, uh, and the Werewolf from A Gaggle of Galloping Ghouls, which is the episode <laughs> with uh, the Werewolf Frankenstein and uh, the Dracula. Uh, galloping Ghouls, that's fun. Yeah, they really like their alliteration and rhyming uh, in episodes like A Night of Fright is No Delight and The Creepy Heap from the Deep. The creepy heaper. The creepy heaper from the deeper. The creepy heaper from the deeper. My favorite Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> um, so there are three parts of the map. There's uh, Mystic Manor, the Haunted Hedge Maze, and Smuggler's Cove. Smuggler's Cove. I like that. Yeah, so Mystic Manor is the mansion proper, which is home to a lot of headless specters and geronimos uh, and witch doctors and the like. Uh, and it has balconies and rooftops that are explorable in later levels. Most of it's, like, uh, hallways and, like, there's, you know, those classic paintings with the eyes that move and whatever. Yes. Um, there's a lot of those, and also a lot of, like, you know, creepers walking around. Aw, man. Aw, man. (laughs) Whatever will they do? The haunted hedge maze, uh, is obviously a sprawling hedge maze. But also a greenhouse garden uh, and a series of watery caves that lead out to an expansive cemetery with crypts and tombs. That sounds cool. Yeah. Although it does beg the question of, like, this guy is an inventor, sure. And he probably has, you know, quite a bit of money from that. But also, why does he need so many tombs and crypts and a a massive cemetery? It's because he's a freak. I guess. And also, like, a hedge maze that leads out to the cemetery seems very, I don't know, counterproductive. You could die on your way to the cemetery getting lost in the maze. That's true. (laughs) Um, And Smuggler's Cove is a bunch of docks uh, that's connecting a ramshackle uh, waterfront fishing village uh, to a large, like, fishing distillery uh, that connects to more docks. That connects to also watery caves at a lighthouse and a bunch of shipwrecks positioned together uh, to test uh, platforming, uh, the player's platforming capabilities, and also my patience. Yo, that bad, huh? Uh, I'm, maybe, maybe part of it is I'm not very good at platforming, especially with like the fixed camera angle that this game uses. But also, maybe the platforming isn't very good. Maybe it just sucks. 
could be either one. It's tough to say. Uh, throughout the level, Scooby will occasionally bump into Shaggy, and you have to save him from some scary monster that's chasing him around, and in exchange, he'll help you with a puzzle. Like, he'll, you'll jump into his arms and he can, like, toss you up to a higher place that you oh. couldn't reach before. Or, uh, he, he, or you can pick him up and, and throw him up into the air and he can, like, land on a button that will, like, you know, make stairs appear or something. Chuck, Scooby. Yeah. Uh, there's a level early on where you, uh, have to save him from some monsters and then you, like toss him up onto uh like an inflatable raft that's hanging from the ceiling or something and you could like jump on his legs and swing around uh because you need to like swing off of the wrap off of the inflatable tube to land on like some button somewhere else but you can't do that because it's too high up but shaggy's got a long body so like you can uh, grab hold of him and like jump onto the button that way. Use his body. Uh, use him as a battering ram. So, uh, like I said, the fixed camera angles, uh, because a lot of video games let you just like you know move the camera freely. Uh, yeah, especially by that time, I would have imagined. Yeah, not the case here. Uh, this game sort of it's almost a two point five D game. In the story, in the style of like Yoshi's story, okay, where, where like it has largely kind of two D levels, but there's also a lot of like three D environments that you can like go back and forth on, like forward, backwards, left and right. Oh, that's cool. But there's also like you can also do that on like the the sort of more two D looking levels, which makes it really hard to like. So, like, if a rat, for example... If a is, rat. Like, if a rat is closer to, like, the front of the screen, but, like, the depth perception isn't quite right because the fixed camera angle makes it look like it's maybe further back, you might miss out on your chance to jump on him, right? Yeah. And, like, maybe you might accidentally, like, bump into him because, like, he kind of blends in with the darker backgrounds. And maybe you didn't hear Scooby yell, Ripes! Rapts! Or whatever. Rapts! <laughs> I, I tried to say rapts and crabs at the same time, so I accidentally said rapts. Rap raptors. I also He's like shit raptors. <laughs> uh, I also, in doing a bit of research, I found a uh, at least one neo seek uh, neo seeker poster who had issues with a glitch. Uh, this is from two thousand and nine. This is from Courtney. Uh, uh, this is in the level Fishy Clues for Scooby-Doo Part 4. I'm stuck. Somehow I got stuck in Fishy Clues for Scooby-Doo Part 4. I'm in a hole type thing. I can't get out. There's a big vent. I jumped in for Scooby Snacks, and I can't get out now. Oh no! I was, I was just going back through levels to get extra snacks and to open a gate, and now I'm stuck. Help! How do I get out? There are two replies. One is from uh, a lot of C's, L's, A's, and W's in a row. It's like I guess is, I guess is how I would pronounce. And he offers up the idea: try quitting and starting a new game. Winky Thanks, face. asshole. Please do not answer in angry face, question mark face, or blank face, and then a bunch of smiley faces. So that was useless. 
and Squidney57 says, Hmm, well, it might be a glitch if you can't get out, or is there, uh, if there's any animals like bats around, blow some bubbles or gum might work. What? I myself have, because that's a, that's a power-up you get later. Uh, I myself have not gone stuck in places like that, though. Wish you luck, Mickey Face. I wonder if it worked. I wonder if I wonder if Courtney's still down there. <laughs> Sometimes I can still hear her voice. Legend has it, if you're playing Fishy Clues for Scooby-Doo Part 4, you can still hear her screaming, Help! I'm stuck! Oh my god. <laughs> From 2009. That's, that's literally 11 years ago. What a weird, like, haunted element of the game. <laughs> it's like Ben drowned, but in real life. Yeah, God. <laughs> uh, eventually, uh, you get to the first boss battle, which is on top of Mystic Manor. You have to go through a lot of like different Scooby Snack gates, uh, and a lot of backtracking, and a lot of uh, defeating creepers and cavemen. Uh, and eventually, you reach the the very top of the roof. And you're greeted by the mastermind, voiced by Tim Curry. And he says, I'm the reason you're here. And Scooby says, you are? And mastermind says, I'm the one who kidnapped all your friends. No shit. And he says, you did? And mastermind says, I'm also the one who brought back all your old foes. And Scooby says, but why? And it's like, wow, that's some really amazing writing going on there Catchy, some real zippy dialogue you are you did why why'd you do that that's not very nice uh, it's like not very good velma is trapped in a cage and he reveals the black knight from the very first episode of scooby-doo uh is ready to fight is ready to fight you uh so your your first boss battle is against the black knight ghost that's kind of cool uh, and every boss battle in the game has is accompanied by a uh, a song in the style of like the chase songs from the old series uh, that are uh, you know themed to the different levels. So like you know it'll be like you know watch out Scooby, the Black Knight's coming for you <laughs> or whatever. You're gonna like... fucking get your head cut off. <laughs> Watch out, Scooby. <laughs> it's very it's actually like weirdly catchy. Um I wanted to look up the uh the people behind the songs to give them proper credit. Uh these songs are sung by uh Craig Zupchevich. Uh yeah. with with guitars performed by this is how he is credited in the game. With guitars performed by Greg Buttboy Putman. Butt boy Putman. It it is Greg, space, quotation marks, butt boy, end quote, Putman. Like that's his nickname in the office. Wow. I feel a little bad for this guy, but this guy is a professional guitarist and musician, and he wanted to bring his joy and craft. I'm so sorry. Is it 420? It is 420. <laughs> He has an alarm on his phone that goes off whenever it's 420. <laughs> yeah, and lo and behold, that is what time it is. <laughs> like Mr. Mr. Buttboy Putman. 
you're trying to bring your craft and your you know bring joy to a video game and a form of art that will you know outlast you and you know is something you can give to your kids and grandkids in the future and you're credited for your hard work as greg butt boy yeah no i get it i feel like there's a level of like why why man yeah of like Why'd you come, do on, that? come on can i just be greg <laughs> can i just be greg the guitarist i'm just greg i'm just greg the guitar man please <laughs> Um, and also all the background soundtrack uh, is composed by a team uh, led by Todd Dennis, Tommy Tallarico, and Howard Uyate, all a.k.a. Bob K. Which I want to know how AKA Howard... A.k.a. Bob K? What? I don't know how Howard U- Uyate turned into Bob K. I don't know how Howard turns into Bob yeah. Or Uyate turns into K, just the letter K with a period at the end. Oh, that is but, weird. Yeah. Um so you, after you beat the Black Knight and you do this by uh there's a he's walking along like sort of uh, a balcony above you and he throws down electrified axes at you. Uh that's cool. Uh so you have to there's also a little rain cloud that's hovering over him and if you hit the butt if you hit like a button while he's underneath the cloud then like it'll electrocute him so it's like basically just simple timing and dodging uh the axes and whatever and you need to do that three times and whatever it's pretty simple. The boss fights are uh, not too tricky, ultimately. That's good. I mean, the game is, like, four kids. <laughs> but then mm-hmm. other stuff seems like it's really hard. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after doing that, uh, you get your first clue uh, from Velma, which is... Uh, well, for starters, Velma does the whole, oh, well, Scooby, there's no such thing as a ghost. And it's like, okay, yeah, the mastermind... I feel mastermind... like they don't usually do that. <laughs> They do that sometimes, but, like, the Mastermind literally teleported away, and also, it's the Black Knight. Yeah. Where he come from, you just electric- either, you just electrocuted a man in a suit, and then he disappeared, or, it's a ghost. It's a fucking ghost. Or a third option that we'll get to later. Ooh. It's Don Knotts. <laughs> uh, it's the Spooky Groundskeeper. Uh, Velma, of course, drops her glasses, and the frames fall out. Uh, Scooby oh, finds some, Scooby finds some frames, uh, not the frames, but the lenses, and, uh, she puts them in, and she gets really scared, because she sees the creeper everywhere. Uh, and she runs off, and Scooby's like, I don't see any creeper. And then he gets a new upgrade from the professor, uh, because he finds an invention in a box, uh, and the invention is some yellow galoshes that he can use to walk up some oil slicks uh, without getting stuck to the floor. Huh. And also, uh, also the galoshes are banana flavored. What the fuck? So you can eat the the rain boots, I guess. Why? 
I don't Why know. Why is that something in this game? I don't know. It's it's never it's never mentioned aside from one time where like a video of the professor is like also they're banana flavored. Oh banana my favorite. <laughs> and what it's like What the fuck? Oh, that's nice. It never comes back up and it's just kind of a weird thing that is there for no reason. They're but like sure. Scooby, eat these boots. Eat, <laughs> eat these boots and gain their powers. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> also, uh, and also, uh, if you get injured throughout the game, uh, there's a lot of uh, sandwiches floating around, uh, and the sandwiches are uh, like you know health upgrades, uh, health pickups, and whatever. Uh, and sometimes if you defeat an enemy, they'll drop you know maybe an ice cream cone or. Uh, a different sandwich or a better sandwich a better sandwich yeah uh so and those also replenish your health uh so it's weird that it's only sandwiches unless you defeat an enemy like you, <laughs> you can have it as like a dessert you have it like a treat <laughs> yeah you can have little an ice cream as treat if you d defeat uh if you do good and Cutler. defeat the enemy <laughs> If you if you beat Captain Cutler up a little bit, you can get an ice cream cone, but only after you finish your <laughs> your salad or whatever. <laughs> only after you eat your second different sandwich. We don't want you to spoil your appetite for dinner. <laughs> for din din. Um, so there's uh throughout the game there are some levels that have unlockable monster tokens in them. Huh. Uh. And if you uh, and if you collect a monster token, you can go back to the monster gallery outside Mystic Manor, uh, and put in uh, the the monster token, and you can like uh, you know view the the monster on the token in all of its three D glory, uh, and it gives some <laughs> very trivia. impressive. Uh, it is cool seeing you know like the headless specter and the creeper and the caveman and whatever in three D. Um, really? Oh, okay. It's kind of like, oh, that's cool. That's from the show I watched, but now it's in in three dimensions. Now it looks kind like, of like today. Now it looks like today, but 18 years ago. <laughs> Very true. Jesus. Jesus, that was 18 years ago. Oh, my God. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck. Jesse has an existential crisis for two seconds on air. Um, <laughs> live. <laughs> live. Um, for your it, entertainment. The, the monster tokens also showcase some Scooby-Doo trivia, uh, in the form of, like, you know, uh, the Scooby Snack Factory is located here, and, uh, uh, Shaggy is the first, uh, cartoon character to be a vegetarian, which I didn't know, uh. Oh, really? That's was, cool. That he was the first. That's interesting. That's very um, interesting. Yeah, so it's weird that they would change that at all. Um, yeah, honestly, that seems like that would be kind of a big deal. You would think, yeah. Um, there's also some inconsistencies in the uh, monster tokens. Um, for example, the uh, the werewolf is said to be from the episode Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Werewolf? Uh, but the werewolf design is from A Gaggle of Galloping Ghosts. Uh, and the, uh, the monster token for the green ghost... Uh, the the model is from A Night of Fright is No Delight from the original series, but the Moss Joken says it's from A Bicycle B Built for Boo, which is from uh, 
Aw. <laughs> uh, which, which is an episode of a pup named Scooby-Doo, which is a very different green ghost. So there's just some weird, like, inconsistencies uh, in there, which is interesting. Um, the, uh, the second boss battle is at the end of the hedge maze in the uh, crypts and tombs and whatnot. Uh, and it's against uh, the green ghost, the phantom shadow. Uh, and you defeat We watched him. the Phantom Shadow episode recently. Tyler said yeah. it looked like the same artwork for uh, the Steel Phantom roller coaster at Kennywood, which I thought was very interesting. Ooh. I wonder if they just, like, ripped the art and, like, recolored it. Maybe. I, I really like that episode. I think that's one of their best ones. That's the episode that they uh, did for the Supernatural crossover. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, you defeat that boss, Daphne's there, and, uh, she opens up some, like, uh, what's the word for, like, a? it's not, is it a crypt? Like, the, the sort of stone thing. It's like a stone sort of coffin. It's a thing that you put a coffin in, maybe, but it's made of stone and it's buried above ground. A mausoleum? I guess, yeah. So she opens up some, like, mausoleums that are like facing upwards like a coffin okay um underneath the green ghost uh and you like i guess position her so that she'll be like where the green ghost is uh so like you can suck him into the uh crypt sort of situation like a ghostbusters like a ghostbusters uh and you do that three times and you win. There's a lot of you do it three times and you win in this game. Uh, ultimately, in all games. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. Good things come in threes. Yeah, ultimately. Um, you, after beating that, uh, Holly shows back up, and uh, you find another invention, uh, which is the umbrella, which lets you like glide across uh the vast points and also like if there's like a vent or some air blowing upwards you can like ride the sort of wind with it that's cool so it's it's one of the more useful ones i think but also you you just invented an umbrella you invented an umbrella that already exists good job bud um and then daphne uh sits on a lever that uh launches her and holly uh it's one of those like sort of bookcases that like flips around into the wall but like it's a grave so like she sits on a grave on like a gravestone and like the ground flips upwards and like throws them down a tunnel i guess that's leaving scooby alone again Uh, poor scooby yeah. It seems like some of this stuff is, like, relatively creative. Yeah. Um, but you said it's, like, not that great of a game. Well, it's... Are I the controls, the... like, wonky? Is that part of it? They're not wonky per se, but, like, the platforming, like I said, can be a bit... Uh, it can leave something to be desired a little bit. Uh, right. The, the jumping, it's hard to, like, really field out jumps and whether or not you can make that jump which isn't a problem i have with other games necessarily so i think it's just this game yeah and 
part of it might be the dark backgrounds might be make it hard to uh like judge distance a bit more and also the fixed camera angle like i mentioned uh it's not helped by the uh the distractions around the sound design yeah um it seems like there's a lot of like design elements that that just make things more difficult overall yeah i want to talk about the overall aesthetic of the game because it really really tries hard to capture the look and feel of the original scooby-doo where are you series which is good because it's you know good fan service you know it revisits old episodes and villains it kind of has like an extended don knotts cameo which is fun yeah um you know it pays homage in like a fun way sort of but also but also the graphics are cheap and it's sometimes kind of ugly to look at uh which I feel is kind of a little bit in line with the original Hanna-Barbera show. Because oh, yeah. Because the animation's it, also cheap. Looking at our new giant TV makes me realize that, like, it's kind of an ugly show. Like, it's it yeah. really... Um, a lot of the the faces are just inconsistent. Daphne looks really busted a lot of the times. Like, I don't know. It's just... Especially it's like it's Especially if, like, a character is in, like, the distance. There's just, like no no effort put into yeah like, god there's either like no features or like just enough to be like really creepy looking yeah it's super weird um uh the intro cutscene uh that recreates the opening song is is very faithful but it's also kind of it's it's just odd um and also they've retrofitted it with some like um new sound effects sort of oh okay so, in the original theme song, you know, it's, you know, Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We've got some work to do now. And Scooby goes, like Yeah, jerks. there's a lot of him making, like, little interstitial noises. And all those noises originally were done by Don Messick, uh, who had passed away at this point. So, they were dubbed over by Scott Inez. And, you know, it's, I don't think it's his fault necessarily. It's just the fact that you're, you know, recreating something so faithfully but you're changing something very clear about it because That's it goes so from... strange why not it... just leave the original recording unless they didn't have the rights to it maybe but it, it's strange because like it's also like they i guess they couldn't get like scott to do like a an exact sound alike sort of situation because he doesn't do like a simple oh he does like a nope like oh. the full on like Scooby voice and it's like oh that's kind of distracting too like yeah huh it's just very jarring and it kind of takes you out of it for a bit um, that sucks um which is disappointing but like I don't know it's it does its best I also uh watched the opening cutscene to uh Scooby Doo Unmasked which is the 2005 follow up to this and it it also recreates the intro, and it looks so much better. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the difference that three years makes. Like, the sound quality's more consistent. The animations are way, way more creative and, like, make better use of the 3D environment. That's good. It's nice it's to weir- see the 3D environment be, like, taken advantage of and, like, used, like, in an interesting way. It's crazy, like, the difference that three years makes um in like this kind of like field um 
there's a lot of lip flaps and dead eyes in this game. Um, and apparently, this is... I, I don't remember seeing this in the credits, so I'm not for sure on this, but I saw it on IMDb that there was a motion capture actor credited. Really? What? Which is very strange, because I can only assume that they used a very rudimentary, like, old-school, like, motion capture technology, if they used any. Uh, because it, it, if there's motion capture, it doesn't look good. It looks <laughs> kind of like Food Fight a little bit, where characters just kind of move, like, kind of weirdly, like, robotically, kind of. I don't know, it's it's very strange. Um, I don't know if I'm like, familiar with the movements of Food Fight that much, because I haven't really seen it. You have actually watched it, mm-hmm. and, like, we talked about it in one of my classes, which was pretty funny, but I've never actually, like, watched it. It's not good. Yeah, um, I figured. <laughs> um, there's lots of lip flaps, and whenever Shaggy, like, looks near the camera, like, he doesn't necessarily look directly into the camera. He does at one point, and it's weird. Um, but, like, whenever Shaggy looks in the direction of the camera, he he looks dead-eyed. Like, he looks like he's staring into the middle distance. You know? Like, there isn't quite eye contact. There's just, like, you know, sort of a gaze off into the middle distance. Like, you just survived a war, and you're having a flashback. Yeah, Jesus. It's kind of like, looking hey, Shaggy's it's, eyes. It's, it's me, Shaggy. I'm going to show you how to do this thing. There's just, like, helicopter noises in the background. <laughs> uh, also, the it's game like makes use... very clearly not doing so hot. The game also makes use of a, of a laugh track, like the original show does. And it's alright if it would do it in just the cutscenes, but it doesn't. It does it throughout the gameplay. So, whenever Scooby, you know, uses one of those inventions, like a headbutt, like the helmet thing, or he does the ground pound, or if you do the double jump and then, like, the, like, glide with the umbrella, there's, like, occasionally, if you haven't used that power in a while, you'll hear, (laughs) like, the little, like, old canned laughter from the 60s. Oh my god. It's... That sounds really spooky. It's... It's more grating than anything. Oh, okay. Especially, like, when you're dealing with, like, a very frustrating, like, platforming section for, like, the fifth time in a row after you've died, like, four other times. I see. And then you you open up the umbrella and you just hear, and I'm like, stop laughing at me. um, I'm doing my best. (laughs) I had a friend that was into Kingdom Hearts, and she always talked about there's a level, or there's a part where you play, um... I think it's in the Cinderella. I think it's like the Cinderella world or whatever. But it's it's like a little like cutesy orchestral version of the um ah fuck Bibbidi the the fairy boo. yeah the fairy godmother song the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo and it's like this this song that keeps playing over and over and over and I think you're supposed to like balance on a ball or something. Um, but my my friend at the time showed me the video, or like showed me like a video of the gameplay and the song. I was like, oh yeah, that does seem like it would be like mocking after a little bit because it's so like happy and like cute. Yeah. But um, it it seems like it would be very frustrating and grating, and it would make it would feel like the game was making fun of you. Yeah, 
some levels uh the instrumental music is uh it, it uses the motif of the new scooby-doo movies theme the do 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 you know the scooby doo be doo yeah again for you wait what what style is it um or is it just like the same it, it's pretty much the same but like you know with more added on top of it so like uh you know it, it's particularly used in the smuggler's cove like water levels uh which i i like the aesthetic of smuggler's cove the most because i like water levels but i also hate water levels in this game because scooby is hydrophobic and if oh. you ju if you fall into the water he immediately dies <laughs> oh no and you have to start back at the beginning of fucking level. That's so... <coughs> Goodness, excuse me. That's so upsetting that he just immediately dies as soon as it touches water. Oh my god. Yeah, it's... It's not great. Uh, the third boss battle is not Smuggler's Cove, and it happens against the Ghost of Redbeard. Uh, and that boss battle is, like, you have to survive some waves of ghosts. Um... The waves of ghosts. <laughs> the ghosts come through. I forgot to mention the ghost from uh, uh, Hassle in the Castle, which is the episode with the... They get stranded on the little island with the castle on it. Yeah, I remember that one. That one was uh, the one with, like, the the ghost with, like, the mirrors and stuff. Yeah, he was just, like, a stage magician who wanted to find a buried treasure. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's a lot of those. <laughs> Yeah, um, so that's one of the monsters in the game, but you can't defeat it. Because, like, you just go right through it, but it, like, you take damage if you touch it. But you that can't, sucks. You can't defeat it, which is very frustrating, uh, because there's a lot of them everywhere. You just have to maneuver around them carefully. Um, so a lot of those come through, and you have to, like, survive the waves, and then eventually, uh... Redbeard will like throw his sword at you and there's some like ropes around the stage that you have to like have the swords hit so like something will drop on his head so you have to like run around the stage and have the swords come at you hmm. and then get out of the way so that it'll hit the rope behind you and if you hit all four ropes then it'll like fall on top of his head these sound hard <laughs> The this one is the first one that was like, oh, this is actually a challenge. This is actually right, really okay. frustratingly hard. Uh, particularly because of the camera angle makes it hard to know. Like, it, particularly in the ones in the back, it's a square room, so you have to go to the back of the room to have like the uh, the sword come at you. But if you don't know, like, if you can't quite see the sword coming, it becomes kind of like tense. Of like, oh, I don't know if like a where the sword is if like oh a ghost came at me i'm dead now oh great guess i missed my opportunity to get to start over yeah uh so it becomes frustrating uh you run into fred and velma again uh and velma uh and fred and velma realize that the lenses in her glasses uh have the picture of the creeper in them like translucent like, you remember how she, like, ran away was like, oh, there's a creeper, and Scooby's like, I don't see a creeper. Yeah, like, there about? was the creeper, but there was, like, a bunch of them. Yeah, um, 
it was just in her like glasses and for some reason the smartest member of the team couldn't figure it out that yeah, it was her God. glasses like you would have figured that like oh these are my prescription what's going on yeah this looks funky you would think yeah uh velma the... dumbass confirmed i guess yeah she's supposed to be the smart one but she's <laughs> useless lesbian moments <laughs> i guess <laughs> god anyway uh so they're like hmm something weird about this and then shaggy shows up uh and they find a bunch of scooby and shaggy accidentally run into some barrels and they get a bunch of food out of the barrels friend and velma go off to like solve the mystery uh and shaggy finds one of the uh inventions in the piles of food uh and one of them is uh the professor's uh professor alexander graham's tricky sticky gum doohickey Ooh, is that the thing that the one person in the forum was talking about yeah so you spit out uh, a lot of gum and you can stick enemies to the floor and you can bounce off their heads ew <laughs> yeah it's weird yeah, it's pretty weird so if say like you know a zombie's coming at you you can you know uh, throw some gum at him and he'll be stuck to the floor and then you can jump on top of him it's just at his feet so the gum isn't like covering his whole body it's just like sticking his feet to the floor so you can jump on top of the dude's head and like bounce up a little bit like he's got a bouncy head and like you can bounce up and reach like a different platform huh and that's how you uh get to the secret uh lab underneath the mansion uh which is where the invent where the professor invents all of his uh all of his cool inventions and whatever all of his stuff that definitely doesn't already exist yeah, uh, the, I would say that the tricky, sticky gum doohickey doesn't exist already. So Fair, he's invented... yeah, that's like, he's got one. He's got he's one, managed... like, actually cool one. <laughs> he's managed to invent one thing that's useful. Um, and original. Yeah. Uh, and then the final boss battle's about to come up against the Mastermind. Uh, and he reunites with the under the mansion uh, with the gang and Holly... And Velma figures it out that the monsters that they've been fighting the whole time are actually super real holograms. And Shaggy real. And Shaggy says, "Like, what on earth is a hologram?" And I'm like, "Look, it's 2002, maybe... dude." I was gonna say, "Like, look, benefit of what? hindsight. Maybe he didn't get it. Maybe that wasn't a thing in 2002." But it was probably a thing in 2002. You've most seen likely. Star Trek. Like, most fucking likely. You've seen Star Wars or Star Trek Shaggy. Come on. I think the writing is just bad. It's probably. They just need an excuse to explain what a hologram is to a five-year-old in the audience. Fair. Yeah, they probably just used Scooby or uh, Shaggy as the stupid everyman. Yeah. It, it's like in every movie when there's an EMP. And someone's like, what's an EMP? And someone says, like, oh, it knocks out electric field or whatever. And then the soldier's like, speak English, you egghead. Yeah, like, speak what English, is it? nerd. Poindexter, what does that mean? And he's like, your cell phone isn't working because it knocks out the electricity in the, fe in the field around us. And he goes, oh, okay, that's what an EMP's for. And they explain in every movie. 
<laughs> I guess it's like that. Now they don't need anybody to explain EMPs because every movie has already done it. They could just be like, hey, have you watched Ocean's Eleven? It's like that, but it's again. It's like that. <laughs> just, it's just like in every movie you've ever seen. Um, so, which, which begs the question of like, why do the holograms hurt you if they're holograms? Because they're super real. I guess. We'll get to that. So the final boss is against the Mastermind. Uh, Tim Curry actually uh, has some speak singing parts uh, during his, like, uh, final boss song. So oh, that's great. fun. Uh, it's, just, it's just fun having Tim Curry around, ultimately. Um, so... This is some more, you have to survive waves of enemies, and you have to hit a bunch of more buttons, because that's what this game is all about, just ramming your head into some buttons. Uh, and eventually, the gang will project themselves holographically behind the mastermind and scare him down onto the floor with you so you can fight him, like, properly. Uh, and you have to, you have to get bounce down on top here and of, fight, coward. Yeah, you have to bounce on top of his head and then, uh, headbutt him into an electric field, and then he's defeated. He takes one hit and he's down. Uh, and so he gets sucked up in like a big weird metal tube that spits him out at the front hall of the mansion. Uh the gang run up to meet him and they unmask him and it's well they're about to unmask him and shaggy says i know who it is it's the spooky groundskeeper and then the spooky groundskeeper don knots himself shows up uh, and says oh it's always spooky groundskeepers is it yep. every time something scary happens it's always the spooky groundskeeper don never... knots has had enough it's like, oh, it's never the butler. No, it's got to be the spooky groundskeeper. Because it's like, oh, I want to, I want more money from, for gathering leaves and stuff. I rake too much leaves, so I, I'm gonna get revenge on you. What do I look like, you idiot, or whatever? Like he just has a weird rant at Shaggy. That's uh, really funny. About the prejudice that he faces as a groundskeeper. <laughs> That's uh, really funny. It's very funny, but it's also like you're Dude, in what? you're in the game for like five minutes tops, and this is your first time in any cutscene. <laughs> and also, he refers to himself as a spooky groundskeeper. It's like <laughs> stop being spooky, then. You have the power to not be spooky. Um, so they unmask the mastermind, and they reveal it's Professor Alexander Graham. And Velma's like, well, that doesn't quite make sense. And she, like, takes off her glasses and, like, light shines through her glasses and reflect onto a wall behind her and reveal that uh, the wall is a hologram and behind the wall is Holly, who is really the mastermind. Uh, and the Holly that they were with, Shaggy, like, leans against her and, she, and he falls through her. Whoa! twist and pretty she, good twist she somewhere along the way uh put the professor 
she she swapped places with the professor and stuck him in like the suit or in the mastermind suit and flung him at the front door with one of his weird inventions uh sure and that's why he was there um and Velma says and also I knew the biggest clue was that you were uh when you were talking to us uh earlier I saw your hand phase through like the railing and it's like we didn't we the audience didn't see that yeah what <laughs> So I, I I say I always stand by like it's not a good mystery if the audience can't figure it out. If the audience isn't giving all given all the clues that the characters are, it's not a very good mystery. Yeah, because I feel like the point of that is like for the for the reader or the audience or whatever to be like in on it. Yeah, um, and Shaggy points out the most obvious clue actually was the fact that her name is Holly Graham. No. <laughs> I hate it so much. That's really dumb. It's really bad. Um <laughs> It's really bad. Holly Graham. Holly Graham. Of all the fucking <laughs> No, look, I was I recently have seen uh finished uh Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. And I was relaying uh, to Leo, you know, that whole show and, like, what it's about and what I like about it. And I mentioned that there's a scene with a character who was named Lady Marmalade. And she makes a joke about how she's a barista, so she makes your mocha chocolata ya-ya. And it's like a joke on the song Lady Marmalade from Moulin Rouge. And Leo is like, that's a really dumb bit. And I was like, yeah, but it could be worse. And it's, like, at least funny. And I feel like this is a good comparison point for that. It could be this. It could be Holly Graham. It could be this. And then it's revealed that she's actually been a hologram this whole time. The whole time. Um, so she wanted to steal uh, the professor's secret invention, which was a hologram maker. Make him disappear. And kill him? Sell you mean uh, no, kill just... him? basically just like get him lost and she can steal his stuff and make millions off of it and it's like all right why did you call mystery inc to come solve the mystery of your uncle's disappearance if you wanted to get away with it yeah right what why did why go to all the trouble to make uh uh holographic replications of their old enemies that they've already defeated before why make yourself sound like Tim Curry? Why? Why a lot of things? Why not just have Uncle Alexander get lost in the hedge maze? And then he'll, like, die of starvation. And it's like, oh, no, what a shame. Also, I'll get the inheritance or whatever. What if this movie wasn't made? You mean the game? Or, yeah, yeah. Why was this game even made? <laughs> in... Uh, there isn't a whole lot of replayability to the game. Uh, you can collect every Scooby snack in every level, uh, if you're, if you hate yourself. Yeah, um, if you're a tryhard. Uh, if you're a completionist and also you hate yourself, um, and your existence on this earth, uh, you can do that. Doing that will, like, uh, 
net you some concept art in the monster gallery. But like That's you can just neat. you can just Google it. Ultimately. Yeah, honestly, you can just look it up. It's probably better that way. Uh, and you can collect all the monster tokens, which is, like, that's kind of fun. Uh, also, some uh, some several dates uh, have, like, specific themes around them. Uh, for example, uh, if you play the game on uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, the water in the fountain in front of the mansion uh, will be running green. That's kind of cool. If you're playing on the 4th of July, there will be fireworks going off. Uh, same with uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, if you're playing on Christmas, there will be, like, snow on the ground uh, in the outside the mansion. Uh, huh. Halloween, I think, has, like, some... I think there's a jack-o'-lantern or some more bats or something. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. But there's some, like, cool stuff that, like, I didn't know that was a thing they could do with the GameCube. I knew that was the thing they could do with, like, you know, the Wii and stuff, but I didn't know they had, like, an in, uh, an in-depth, like, calendar, uh, like, rotation thing within the games in, yeah, like, the I don't PlayStation think, 2 era. I don't think I would have expected that either. Yeah, so that's, like, kind of neat. Um, there's... I think the game is alright... If you're, like, a really big Scooby-Doo fan, it's, like, worth, you know, checking it out, you know, how wasting... How long did it take you... How long did it take you to play it? Um, <coughs> uh, that's a good question. I started the game... Let me see when I sent you that Snapchat of, uh, Scooby and Shaggy, because that's when I started playing the game. Uh, that was Friday, and I finished the game, uh, Monday... So I spent a weekend, basically. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not a bad recommendation if you're, like, a Scooby-Doo fan and you, like, give a shit. That's not, like, a terrible amount of time to invest in something. Yeah, and I wasn't, like, that wasn't the only thing I was doing that weekend. I also did, like, other stuff. I was playing other games, too, so, like, it doesn't take, like, that long to beat it, I would assume. Yeah. Um, which isn't always a bad thing, ultimately. Especially uh, for a game that you said just isn't that fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it's not, like, it's not bad, necessarily. It's just, I mean, it is, parts of it are bad. Uh, some parts of it are alright. I don't know how much of my, like, hesitation to say it's just straight up a bad game is because I think there are good spots to it, or if it's just nostalgia. It seems like, like there are good spots. From some of the things that you said, it seems like there was some thought and, like, effort put into it. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. it's not the most perfect game, and obviously there was probably, like, budget constraints and time constraints and stuff. But, like, you're right. Like, from what you've told me, it seems like the, the team made the best with what they had. Yeah. I um, am giving Scooby-Doo, Night of 100, Scoobert, Dubert, Newbert of a Hooded Fruberts. <laughs> uh, I'm giving Timeless it... Timeless classic timeless classic 2002 uh i'm giving it a i'm giving it two out of five spooky groundskeepers ah <laughs> could have been more don knotts in the game could have been more don knotts i mean look this is don knotts only video game credit if you're gonna utilize don knotts for his only video game ever you should make use it him fucking more. count make it count also, I forgot to mention this while we were talking about the motion capture for the game. Um, I recently found out that uh, the live-action Scooby-Doo movie 
did not have uh, a, motion, a motion capture actor interacting with Shaggy and Matthew Lillard and the actors on set. Oh, the live action ones? Oh, yeah. for, for Scooby? Fuck, mm-hmm. what was it? There was nothing. Oh, that sucks. I, so I Matthew always... Lillard had to, like, wrestle an invisible dog. Oh like, my god. There was no actor, there wasn't, like, a stuffed animal or something off to the side. What like, a there great was... fucking actor. Yeah, like, that's amazing. That, Absolute like, king. Like, look, look, the movie doesn't... That model doesn't look amazing, that CGI live-action Scooby. Yeah. But it's amazing that they made it, like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they fuck, made like, Matthew considering... Con- the... Convincingly alongside nothing. There's there's not even a placeholder. That's crazy. Usually in movies like that, like Alvin and the Chipmunks or whatever, they'll have, like, a little, like, stuffed animal of Alvin for, like, scale. So, like, you can make decent enough eye contact with, like, yeah, the plushie. Yeah, or even, like, fucking ping pong balls just to, for something to look at. Yeah, or, like, a, a, a tennis ball on a stick or something. But there was nothing. So, like, there's that... Uh, there's behind-the-scenes footage of, like, Matthew Willard in the scene where he's, like, fighting Scooby. And it's, like, it's a physical tussle that you have to, like, have with the air. And you, the actor, have to be convincing about it. And it's, like, that's amazing. You have to leave enough space for them to be able to model a creature in there, too. That's yeah. crazy. It's <laughs> wild. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, Scooby-Doo Night of a Hundred Frights. Not the mo- not the most perfect game in the world, but it seems like something that you cared about at least, so that's cool. Yeah, it was some decent fun. So, uh, this is our second recording session of the day. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, I'm feeling a little winded. Yeah, so do we want to close out? Or do Let's you have close. anything else to add? Let's close out. Also, like, was that, like, all right? Because I honestly, like, usually after recording, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel pretty confident about, like, my ability to explain, like, the story and whatever of, like, Land Before Time 2 or whatever. A video game is more difficult because you're, like, interacting with it more, so the story isn't yeah. necessarily, like, set in stone. I don't think it was bad. Like, I, I, th- I could, like, follow what you meant, and, like, I understood, like when you were talking about, like, the different levels and stuff and, like, what you had to do to progress the game. Like, I kind of understood. Okay, cool. Obviously, like, I didn't play the game. And honestly, like, this 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 uh, particular episode would probably be a great candidate for, um... The like video, video essay. component, yeah. Component, yeah. Like, because obviously, like, there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I, I didn't think of it as being ridiculously confusing, so I think it should be fine. But, you know, a visual component would always help. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Um, so, yeah, what kind of stuff can we expect down the pipe, Jesse? Do you have any other deep dive topics that you want to divulge? Um, or are you kind of workshopping that? I want to get to work on... We, we've done a lot of Scooby-Doo lately. I want to go back to our other roots and do Land Before Time 3, The Time of the Great Giving. I was gonna do that for Thanksgiving, but we got sidetracked, uh, and ended up, uh, not doing anything for 
Thanksgiving or anything after Halloween for that matter. Yeah, I feel like I feel like ultimately it's been a while since you've visited, and I think it's just been a while since we've been able to like communicate effectively, like regularly. Yeah. So um, it's whatever. It happens. Yeah. So I want to get to work on uh, Land Before Time three. Uh, I have some deep dive stuff for other things. Let me take a look at my notes. Uh, I got a Lilo and Stitch episode in the pipeline. Nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. You uh, know what? You know what? I could watch that movie again, and we both have access to it fairly easily. So, like, maybe we could just watch that together and do a deep dive on that. Do you want to do yeah, that? Yeah, that could be fun. I'll talk to the household about watching Lilo and Stitch. I feel like they would be down. Yeah. Um, we could sync it up and watch it together. Yeah, that could be really fun. Um, also, there's something else I wanted to say. Uh, oh, yeah, I have also other games on the uh, emulator that I want to play through and discuss um, yes, at length I on look, here. I look forward to the Madagascar one. The Madagascar one. I want to I wanna do uh, some episodes on the TAC games. Yeah, uh, okay. Tack in the Power of Juju, Tack to the Staff of Dreams, uh, Tack the Great Juju Challenge. I know those you have complicated are... relationships with those uh, with those games. <laughs> those games are very creatively designed and very pretty to look at, but also they're pretty racist. <laughs> yeah, definitely deserving of some criticism. Uh, Taz Wanted is my all-time favorite video game, and I want to talk about that at length. Um, uh... Spongebob Battle for Bikini Bottom is fun. Uh, I want to play through the Ed Ed Nettie the Miss Adventures. Huh, alright. Um, Barnyard could be fun since you're a huge fan of Back of the Barnyard. Fuck yeah, I love Barnyard. Um, Scooby-Doo Unmasked the 2005 game is on here which I want to do that too. Oh, and there's uh, part two of our Sonic retrospective, uh, is, is still in the works. Yes, we do still need to do the part two of the Sonic. Mm -hmm. um, part two of the Sonic. The Sonic. The, the Sonic Hedgehog. <laughs> um, <clears throat> where can we find you, Jesse? Where am I? I am uh, on Twitter and Instagram and probably some other social media platforms that I've forgotten about uh, at jdanny626. That's J-D-A-N-N-I-626. It uh, is different now. <laughs> it is different now. I have changed it. Uh, um, more brand synergy. And Leo, where, where are you? So I actually made a Twitter for the podcast and our brand of products. Uh, you can find us and just our <clears throat> channel and work on Twitter at BestBoysTMC. That's BestBoys with a Z, TMC, as in the media cage, uh, on Twitter. And I will be posting... Uh, schedule updates, uh, just channel fun things, and retweeting shit from Jesse and I. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at gboydles, g period b-o-y-d-l-e-s, and I'm on Twitter at gouache underscore boy, g-o-u-a-c-h-e boy. Um, yeah, we have some stuff coming down the pipe. Um, I have, or Jesse's got a cool thing that she's working on. I've got some stuff that I'm going to be uploading for student film record-wise stuff. Um, I've got some silly videos that I want to upload that I talked about in our previous episode of Best Boys Proper. 
So keep an eye out for that. And yeah, hopefully we'll be making a little more content. Uh, we made a, uh, for our most recent episode of Best Boys Proper, I think that's episode nine, we talked a little bit more in depth about the current situation with the um, uh, coronavirus and how we're dealing with that. So if you're interested, check that out while we like, where we like more properly acknowledge the situation. But that's what we're dealing with now. But hopefully we can get some fun content and shit out to you guys and it'll it'll help us like hang out and have fun and have something to work on so thank you all for listening um do you have anything to add jesse um trans rights yeah trans rights (laughs) trans rights are human rights yeah have a good one y'all yeah Uh, stay safe stay home wash your hands wash your hands stay inside please you animals please i beg of you Let's not get into this again. (laughs) Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve.